for episode, I had to start the Zoom, I got it late, for episode number 34 of the Illini Basketball Podcast, and the final one uh, before we see, I'm moving my mic as I talk, that's probably not a smart move, the final one before we see a game, I guess, unless something gets canceled, which it could, we're going to see a lot of that, I'm still moving my mic, wow, what a start. Uh, so, I have 11 pages of notes here, so I'm trying to move stuff around. So, we're going to start this by first off saying, if you haven't seen the news, uh, Wright State, who Illinois was supposed to play next Thursday, they have uh, bowed out of the multi-team event due to a positive test, I believe it was, and they wouldn't have enough players to play. They were going to lose by 100 anyway, so they might as well stay home and not get embarrassed. What, 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 they were just scared. That? I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Let's, but let's be honest. Would it, would it really be that embarrassing? Because do they even have expectations with that program? I mean, I don't know. But that news just came out about an hour ago. I have the statement. We'll circle back to this later, but I just want to read this statement so don't forget. Uh, Illinois' official statement on Wright State's cancellation, quote, we are currently exploring options to fill the opening in our multi-team event with the goal of continuing the four-team format as scheduled. We will share more information once we have a finalized contract. So they make it sound like they're going to get it done once they have a finalized contract. So it's, they're like, okay, next time we'll come out with a statement about this is when we know that we have a fourth team. And I know a lot of people have said, why not get a local team, make it easier like a Western Illinois or a Bradley or uh, whoever the other suggestion yeah. was, Illinois State, I think. so. Would definitely be good options. I mean, if they can, that'd be great. Um, I think they will. I mean, they make see it what happens. Well, so. yeah. uh, we'll start with recruiting, though, because that's what we usually do. We can talk about how the heartbreak of not getting Ty Ty Washington, everyone thought he was going to come. Then, as is per usual, with an Illinois recruit, last couple of days you're like, we got a great chance here, we're going to get him. The same thing happened with like seven other guys in the last two months, Nesbitt, all those guys, mm-hmm. and he goes to Creighton. Now, the good thing is, number one, he's not going to Michigan or Memphis, who we know do some shady things, obviously, who doesn't, you know? Right. Um, but he's going to Creighton, which is weird. Does he want to, like, be the guy? It, it sounded like he thought he would get more playing time. Um, I was going to go into it deeper, but I kind of was like, oh, boy, Illinois lost another guy. Who really cares? But I believe that they signed, like – two other they got two other guards coming um but it sounds like he wants to be the guy i and there's a good chance with curbello and with adam miller that that probably wasn't going to happen in illinois next year so maybe that's why he went there i don't know i I, i'm over it i'm over illinois losing losing guys i i'm done talking about it but um yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's what I got. It's better. It's better than like losing guys and then still sucking as a team. Right. Yeah. And Illinois is a good team. Um, Mustafa Amzil, uh, who Illinois off also offered, um, did a few zoom meetings with him. He ended up going to Dayton, uh, which it is what it is. I don't think Illinois pursued him that hard. I still think they're going after Mac Etienne pretty hard. So I don't know if Amzil would have had a lot of, you know, opportunities here with Mac coming if he does but Mac Etienne also uh, picked his top four Uh, Illinois did make his top four along with Miami Marquette and UCLA Um, Marquette was one of the first uh, major offers that he had and there was an interview where he is getting along really well with coaches 
He said that he could see himself there. So I don't know what that means for Illinois at this point, but um, back when we had Ryan Evan on, uh, Big Mac was one of the first uh, Swami picks he put out there. He's put out a couple others, um, and he took them off before they actually made their picks. As we know, um, none of them picked Illinois. But uh, if you don't remember, Mac Etienne, 6'10", four-star player, He's a center, uh, 43 nationally, and he's the number seven center in the nation right now. So if Illinois can still land him, and now that he's put, putting out his top four, it sounds like that decision might come sooner rather than later. And we've been told that if it is sooner, then it's definitely going to be better for Illinois. So hopefully Illinois can can finish that up and, and land him, and then Illinois fans can stop worrying. I mean, sounds like he's going to make his decision very soon. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're getting to your top four, you would think that you're getting ready to come out with who you're going to. Also uh, real quick, before we move on here on Ty Ty Washington, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or I don't know if I said it in public or whatever, but I think I said something about he could go to Creighton because he wants to be the big guy there because Zegarowski is gone after this year, I think. Mm -hmm. So he could be like the big player, like, with Illinois, it's like Io's gone after this year, but Andre Corbello could become a star guard. Adam Miller could stay a yeah. second year. I doubt it, but you know, I think he I could, know you don't think that he's, he's going to stay, stay. I don't think he will. <laughs> um, and I think it depends on how he does this year, but um, yeah, Corbello is looking like he will be a four year player for Illinois. Great. After this year, he's probably going to be a three year starter. So um, not a whole lot of opportunity, but like I said, Creighton kind of. They've been signing guys, guards too, um, pretty high guards. So, you know, I, if that's the reason, that's the reason. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of recruiting. I can, but I can stomach losing a recruit to like Creighton or Marquette, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, number one, losing them in conference and then to Memphis. Yeah. Pisses yeah. me off. I hate yeah. Memphis. Well, hopefully we don't lose Mac to, to Marquette. That well, I can, I can handle it if it does okay. happen. <laughs> sure. They need sure. to be good this year. Then being good this year is going to want to make more recruits who decide in the spring I agree. to come here. I agree. Um, uh, RJ Melendez, we talked about him on the last podcast. Uh, Illinois had offered him um, in between that time between them. Uh, six seven small forward from Kissimmee, Florida. Um, he has said that the line I have his attention, um, but we heard that he is going to be a spring decision, so we don't know when – that is going to happen, but uh, three-star, he's 135 nationally, the 30th small forward, and he's got offers from Dayton, DePaul, Iowa State, Nebraska, Florida, Villanova, and like 20 other schools. So um, still another guy that Illinois may have a chance at. Um, like I said, he, he did mention that uh, Illinois is catching his attention. So maybe a good season this year showing him how the offense works and things like that, where he would fit in, uh, will help land him. So, uh, the Illini right before we got on, uh, had offered, uh, Jamarian Sharp of John A. Logan community college. Uh, he's the top ranked Juco player still available for the class of 21, seven foot, two inch center. So big dude. Um, don't think he's very beefy, but, uh, Seven two seven two, um, and he also has offers from Arizona, Cincinnati, Oregon, and West Virginia. So, uh, 
they, you know, Illinois had some – they got uh, Felice, who was a top-ranked Juco player, so hopefully they'll have, you know, maybe some luck with, with this guy. We'll they, see what happens. Been able, this coaching staff has been able to uh, develop, you know, big men. I mean, Kofi was very good for freshmen. What we thought he was going to be and what he was in high school, mm-hmm. he got a lot better at Illinois. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, losing these these guards I don't think is a big deal, but but they need to land people to replace Kofi. Uh, I've heard people say that Kofi won't go this year. I, I have a hard time believing that. If he, um, if he was close to going this year, I don't know why he wouldn't go next exactly. year. Exactly, and and I feel like it, even if he goes and he goes undrafted, that he, he might be okay with that. So, um, But he's going to be one of the better centers in the nation this year. So I have a hard time seeing him stay around, but I also think that, uh, you know, I don't think that COVID is going to have very much of an impact on the 2021 draft in terms of, uh, you know, players will probably be able to do workouts. Cause you got to think that draft's going to be what, like next July probably or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he'll go. And I just think that uh, the good thing is, you're going to have Georgie next year. He's not going anywhere. I think Coleman Hawkins is going to be a very good player, and I don't think a lot of people are going to think that going into this year, but we do. We have to, yeah. we're, we're a part of that group that thinks <laughs> he's going to be very good. And uh, they got guys. I mean, maybe Brandon Lee will be something. Probably not, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. But, and have we found out if he's redshirting this year or not? He's on I, the roster. It doesn't say anything about that, but okay. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. A um, couple more things, and then I promise – Illini fans, we will not talk about recruiting anymore. Uh, the season's starting. I'm done with the recruiting talk. Unless Illinois actually lands somebody, yeah. I don't plan on keeping you guys updated on all this. There are plenty of guys out there that can do we've, that for you. We've done like 20 so, episodes in a row with tons yeah. of recruiting. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's all you really can do in the offseason. But yep. game, games are going to start. We're going to get back into what what we love doing, not this – this, hey, Illinois lost another guy. But uh, <laughs> Illinois made Isaac McNeely's top eight along with Kentucky, West Virginia, Purdue, Louisville, Virginia, North Carolina, and Indiana. So a bunch of good schools going after this kid. Um, we talked about him last time. A lot of comparisons to Tyler Hero. Uh, so really good guard, really good shooter. Uh, don't know if Illinois has a shot at him, but we made, made his top eight. So – um, and the last thing I got here, uh, Joey Wagner, who we had on the podcast two episodes ago, I believe, um, did an interview with Underwood just about his uh, recruiting and how we've how Illinois kind of had a quiet early signing period. And Underwood was quoted saying, I think one of the things we've that we've tried to do is be specific and not panic. So the coaching staff isn't panicking. I think they know the guys that they really want and they'll go after them a lot harder than the guys that, you know, would be good additions, but not necessarily needed. Um, You can go to herald-review.com and read that whole interview. But I thought that was a really good quote from Underwood that, that no reason to panic. I mean, we have Goody coming. Hopefully we get Big Mac and, you know, pick up another guy here or there, but Illinois Illinois is good right now. So let's stop worrying about recruiting. Let's move on and uh, let's get into some basketball seasons. So, all right. Um, So the schedule for the non-conference and the big 10 was released. Uh, We assumed Illinois was going to be playing North Carolina, A&T, Ohio and Wright state next week. They're not going to be playing Wright state. 
Sounds like they're going to have a replacement. I'm thinking the replacement's probably going to be Western Illinois. I think it could be maybe Bradley or Illinois State. But uh, yeah, the uh, multi team. Probably going to be event, a local team. And it would make sense for it to be that. I'd love to play DePaul and just rough them up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the multi-team event in Champaign starts next Wednesday, and Illinois' first game of the year will be at 1 p.m. Central Time uh, against North Carolina A&T, who they played last year and beat up big time. And I just want to say before we get into the uh, nitty-gritty on what North Carolina A&T is, they are – and I know Ken Palm, not a huge fan, but I think it's worth, you know, noting this, that they're number 311. Mm. I thought Ken Palm was your, was your favorite. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Are we changing that now? Name, but, um, you know, I don't – Haslametrics.com is where it's Oh, Haslametrics. I forget. They haven't released man. their uh, – I forget. They haven't released their rankings yet, so I'll get it's back in. It's been a while since you started bringing them up. Um, yeah. I don't know if you mentioned – all these games are going to be on the Big Ten Network. Yep. Um, so get so. Andy Katz in studio. Woo! <laughs> um, but, yeah, just a little bit about North Carolina A&T. Uh, last year they were 17-15. and 15. Uh, like Ethan said, Illinois beat them 95-64 last year. They have lost their leading scorer in Ronald Jackson. Uh, I believe that he went undrafted this year. He's playing overseas somewhere, but he averaged 15 points per game and 10 rebounds per game, so averaged a double-double for him. Um, their second leading scorer and then the other two guards, they all average around nine points a game. Um, so – Cameron Langley is was their second leading scorer, averaged eight assists per game also. Um, so I expect him to probably score the ball a lot more. They got two other guards in Fred Cleveland Jr. and Tyler May. And uh, big men, I, I really couldn't find a lot on them. They got a guy, Harry Morris, is the only center that had any time last year. Um, averaged eight minutes and two points. So I think this is going to be a good game for Illinois, kind of get their feet wet, you know, see what it's like uh, without fans in the, in the, in the farm. What are we calling it? In the house of pain. Um, <laughs> in the house of pain. Let's call it the house of pain. Um, so I think it's going to be a great game for them to, to get this uh, figured out. Um, and there aren't any lines on it. Uh, my brother, uh, Ryan McVickers, uh, I think he's watching right now. Shout out to you. Uh, he did give me some lines. He likes to, you know, dabble in uh, some some legal betting in Illinois. It's legal, guys. So yep. um, he put the line at min- Illinois minus 35, um, which is crazy because I got Illinois winning this game, 95 to 60. What I do you got? Because you didn't put your pick. 35 is a little heavy. Uh, I did write down <laughs> – after the print, because I forgot to do that, uh-huh. uh, eighty nine fifty seven Illinois. So what's that? 30, 30, uh, 42. <laughs> you thought thirty five was heavy, and then you well, have not won by forty two. I just I don't think I'm going to be right. I don't think. What do you say? Right. Say it again. Eighty nine fifty seven. Eighty nine to fifty seven. Because I think that I'm a little bit worried about the whole energy thing with no fans. Right. Because other exactly. pro sports teams have had issues with that. Other teams. I, I agree. So you don't want to come out lazy and, you know, not, which I don't think this team is, but if I know my team as well, they are low energy a lot of times. So we'll see if Illinois ends up being like that. I hope not. Right. You'd think that they just want to beat this team into the ground, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We and nobody's seen anybody play yet. So we don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect yet. Um, well, I think last year's team 
let me how do I want to put this? I think last year's team would have struggled a little bit more just because they can't they couldn't really shoot like at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at least with this year, if you come out a little slow, you're still gonna be able to have a guy that can hit shots because there's so many guys on this team that should be able to score in a lot of different ways. I just think the Adam Miller factor this year, if he is the player that I think he is, you're gonna make a huge difference. Right. Big Ten freshman of the year, probably national freshman of the year, if we're being honest, even though there's Cade Cunningham, who's supremely <laughs> okay. overrated. Big, big hopes. I like it. I said this months ago. I had you, I you sold. So let's hope it happens. Uh, the, right, the right State game, as I mentioned, 11 a.m. was supposed to be that on Thanksgiving. That's canceled. I'm assuming if they get another team in there, they will play that team on Thanksgiving. We'll see. But uh, here's what Wright State said. Due to a lack of available student athletes, like that mattered, as a result of quarantining individuals with positive COVID-19 tests and those designated as close contacts, along with injuries, the Wright, State's, Wright State men's basketball team will not travel to Illinois to open up the season over Thanksgiving. So, And then a lot of people are saying, can they get someone like Western Illinois, Bradley, or Illinois State to join last minute? They put out the statement after I wrote that down saying they're going to try to get somebody. It sounds like they will get somebody. So they'll probably have a Thanksgiving game, which we won't get the preview. So that's good. Um, they're going to win it. Well, you'd assume so. Uh, Friday, they will play Ohio. It's Friday, right, that game? It's, that game is Friday, yes. Yeah, they will play Ohio at noon. Uh, Ohio is number 137 in Ken Palm's uh, rankings. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Ohio uh, 17 and 15 last year also. Um, they're, they have a junior guard, Jason Preston, that led the team in points per game with 16.8, assists per game with 7.4, steals per game with 1.4, and minutes per game with 38.1. So this kid uh, played a lot. Uh, he's back. Uh, they got uh, redshirt junior uh, forward Ben Vanderplas, who led the team in rebounds with 6.9 and averaged 15.7 points per game. They got a sophomore guard in London, McDay, who averaged 8.2 points per game last year. Um, Vanderplas is 6'8". And then they have a 6'10 sophomore in Nolan Foster who averaged uh, like nine minutes per game. So I think they're going to have a hard time handling Kofi. Uh, I don't know who they're going to have guard him down low. Uh, out of these two games that we know of, this will probably be the, the tougher game um, overall. They got a lot of returning players, a lot of you know guys that averaged lots of points last year. Um, but I don't think that Illinois is going to have too hard a time with them. Uh, again, my brother uh, has Illinois minus 24 and a half. I have Illinois winning this game uh, 90 to 73. Yeah, I think something around like 17 would be a good line, maybe 18, uh, but I have it lower than that, or I have my margin lower. Okay. I have Illinois – 82 Ohio 66 do you seem to think that the offense is going to come out humming score I think so plus? man I, I am I'm a, I am looking forward to this offense. I think 80 plus but not 90 that's 90 fine I, I got high hopes you know also this Vanderplas they haven't been able to disappoint me yet so yeah we'll see well, that'll happen very soon <laughs> uh this Vanderplas fellow I know that I've heard the name before I hear he's pretty good so yeah. That's a guy that they'll be able to play against, should be a good player. Assuming they'll probably have a game in between this, or maybe they'll move the Ohio game to Thanksgiving and then the other one to Friday. Whatever happens, sure. we'll see. After that, it'll get a little bit tougher. So, Jimmy V Classic game is on in Indianapolis. Uh, top 10 matchup with number two Baylor. And I think Baylor plays Villanova and Seton Hall. 
to start the season. So they're going to have elite matchups while Illinois is playing not elite matchups. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Ryan Evan and the Periscope going to be a fun year. Fellas, Curbelo looking great. We agree. Um, but the, this game's at 9 o'clock Central on ESPN. So that'll be fun for people that have to work, which isn't me, but it'll be fun for those folks having to stay up till 11 and they could see a game that's either going to be an Illinois winner or a loss in probably a heartbreaking fashion if they lose, if I know this uh, program. Uh, that'll be a big test. And uh, let me just say this. There's a spot on the schedule that says December 5th is TBD. So are they going to have a game on December 5th? We don't know why that's there. Seems right. like they would have announced by now if they were going to have a game, but it's still on the schedule that says that. So we'll see. Stay tuned if they have a game uh, there. And then uh, Bragging Rights will be uh, December 12th, I think. Is that the – I didn't even write that down. That's – yeah, December 12th. Don't you have the schedule sitting right in front of you? Uh, I put it over the side. Okay. <laughs> I'd hate for you to reach back for it. I'm not okay. doing that. Um, Anyways. <laughs> the Mizzou game could and likely will feature us watching the game live on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. Now, let me live. Just, well, okay. First of all, <laughs> anyone who's stupid enough to think that we can just put the game on the screen with us is an idiot and knows nothing about this country and what copyright is and right. all that stuff. So we won't be doing that. So it'll be like this. You'll be seeing our faces. We'll be reacting to the game. And then I'll try to time up my cable box to where we're <laughs> at the same time. Yes. Just so you guys know, I have YouTube, YouTube TV. We're not, not an ad, by the way. If they want to sponsor us, they're more than welcome to come sponsor us. But I'd rather they don't. But if they, if they want to. Um, so, so I'm already on a 15-second delay. So you guys are all going to be typing in the chat. Oh, what a play! And then, and then we'll talk about it. I don't think anybody's going to be a lot later. So, you have 22 days to get Comcast if you really want to. I'm just saying. Um, Uh, True. So that that'll likely happen, and then I'm sure we'll do another one at some point in December during a Big Ten game. I'm sure if the first one goes well, I think that that could be a fun thing. You know, uh, reacting to the game live. Let me just say there likely will be cuss words in that. I think that's safe to say if, if someone gets mad. Um, I think that will happen, especially the Missouri game. I don't know. I'm going to have to get like a wireless headset because I like stand up and I jump around during basketball games and stuff. I, so. You might have to do that. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, you could just <laughs> like, you could just join the zoom from your phone and then have uh, yeah, I don't know. You don't have AirPods, do you? I do have AirPods. And there you go. It's that simple. Do you have an iPad? That'd be even easier. Uh, yeah, it'd probably be a lot slower though. I don't think. It, I don't know. Uh, okay. So Anyways. <laughs> they have 20, 20 Big Ten games. This is where we get into the Big Ten schedule, and I'll go over the whole thing at the end of this. But uh, they only play Iowa, Michigan State, and Michigan once each, and the Michigan games are both road games. Michigan State and Michigan, one in East Lansing, of course, the other one Ann Arbor. Right? I forgot yes. that for a second. Uh, uh, and then the game against Iowa is at home, and this kind of sucks. You're playing three of the best teams in the Big Ten only once. They do play Wisconsin twice, but I agree. Uh, Iowa twice. I mean, it it sucks, and then maybe it's good because you only got to play them once. Yeah, uh, but if, if, if there's you, there's you know. three teams that you're only going to play once, I'd rather be the better teams. I I mean, that's just me thinking if you're here. You're confident in your team, and you want to have a good resume. Then you don't care. You're right. Here's something that we didn't write down that we should. But know. you're playing in the Big Ten. You're going to have a good resume yeah. regardless. Here's something that we should note. Uh, 
Rothstein tweeted that basically it sounds like the committee that picks the field of 68 is going to be relying a lot more on eye test. I saw that. So that'll be interesting. I think Illinois is a team that could pop off, you know, uh, in terms of the eye test. You got a big-time guard, a big-time center. You got a couple solid freshmen. I I assume that the eye test is only if, like, the season gets – obliterated from COVID and games don't get played. Like if Illinois plays 20 big 10 games and you know, everything goes off fine. There's no reason to have the eye test over actually what the teams did on the court. Yeah. And there's going to be cancellations. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Well, I mean, look, right state already. Yeah. There's going to be cancellations. I don't think, I think it might get a little bit bad in like, when we're getting closer to March, maybe depending on if the vaccine, all that stuff happens. Um, but I do think that they're going to get through a season. There's going to be a tournament. It's going to be a weird season. I don't think it's going to get to the point where it gets killed like college football has been, but uh, there's going to be cancellations and we, we know that by now. So um, mm-hmm. in terms of the big 10 schedule, they'll start home against Minnesota. Then they have two road games against Rutgers and Penn state. Uh, both of those teams, not as good as they were last year, I think it's safe to say. Maybe Rutgers will be as good. We don't know. Uh, then they're home against Indiana, home against Purdue, at Northwestern, home against Maryland, who is not as good as they were last year, um, at Nebraska, and then two home games against Ohio State and Penn State, at Michigan State. And by the way, they lost both games to Michigan State last year, and they shouldn't have. That was the whole Io slipping at home, and then they just got obliterated on the road. So, yeah. uh, then they, glad Io didn't hurt himself. <laughs> That is a good thing, yes. Take the loss. And then the game that he came back, of course, was the Penn State game where they uh, showed Penn State who was boss, and Penn State was ranked, I believe, eighth Dominated. or ninth. Yeah. That was also the no commercial break game, which is a little weird. But I, I you, you know, the, it'll be interesting if they do more things like that with no crowds, if they'll do more, you know, coaches mic'd up. Aren't they going to lose money uh, if they do yeah. no commercial break games? I mean, they can still do commercials. Well, the, the one that they did wasn't, I don't know, whatever. Uh, there's really no point in spending that much time on that because I don't think anyone listening actually cares. But, okay, January 29th is a big Friday. I'm assuming it'll be a Friday night showdown with Iowa. Uh, Then you go into February, you're at Indiana, home against Wisconsin, at Michigan, which is a big one, a Thursday game. Uh, Then home against Northwestern, at Minnesota, home against Nebraska, and then uh, two big road games to finish the year. That'll be at Wisconsin and at Ohio State. The final game of the year will be March 6th. So, the way that the Big Ten did the schedule is that they can really have enough time to make games up if they have to. And the Big Ten actually did a smart job. And that's probably why it took so long for them to have a schedule is that they're trying to space it out to the point where they can have enough time for teams to make games up if they have to. Mm -hmm. And plus you look at the gap between the Big Ten tournament, you know, that'll start three or four days after teams finish. And, uh, And then March Madness will start a couple of days after I'm assuming I know that I'm pretty sure that March Madness will not start as quickly as it usually does due to the testing stuff. So, so is it going to be a selection Sunday or is it going to be like a selection Wednesday? I thought I saw that it's going to be a selection Sunday, but they're going to start later than they, like they won't start on the Tuesday. Okay. I think gotcha. that's what Rothstein said. I don't know. He's I mean, gonna- it would make sense if they did like, if, I mean, honestly, if they could, you know, like the season ends on the Sunday, usually they – or the tournaments end on Sunday, and usually they do Selection Sunday to wait a week, then do Selection Sunday. That way you can test everybody. You can get ready to do your quarantine. That 
yeah, we're supposedly going to have. Um, I don't know if we even talked or if we're talking about it. Uh, we will. Uh, Indiana is supposedly going. There's a chance that they're going to do the tournament as a bubble. So they're going to do um, it. So, yeah, so I think that that would make more sense to give it, you know, give it two weeks or whatever to to make sure everybody's good and can quarantine, and then you get in your bubble, and hopefully it goes off without a hitch. So, uh, While we're on the subject, I think I posted this on the Facebook a couple of days ago. This is some things that the NCAA senior vice president of basketball, Dan Gavitt, he said these things. Um, Basically, the 2021 tournament is going to be played um, in Indianapolis, most likely in one region. Uh, they have no plans to start to change the start date of uh, November 25th. No determinations on whether there will be fans of the 2021 tournament yet. I have a feeling there will be some sort of fans, at least for like the Final Four. I think we could see that because, you know, if that's in April, I think we'll have enough of a, a hold on it. And uh, there's definitely going to be a vaccine of some sort. How much will they distribute that by April? We don't know. Um, the tourney will not start two days after Selection Sunday due to testing protocols. So he basically confirmed, I don't know if Rothstein mistyped this, but he basically confirmed it's going to be a Selection Sunday as it is usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they hope to cement Indianapolis as the host city by January. And they still plan to have 68 teams in the tournament. So that's the remarks. Because it wasn't was the tournament supposed to be the Final Four? and so Wasn't that supposed to be in Indiana that – this coming up year, or was that last year where it was supposed to be there? I can't I remember. Last year now. was like Atlanta. I don't even Atlanta. I, I feel like Indiana was, <clears throat> it was supposed to be in Indianapolis, anyways. So here's the good thing. And then Indian- you, you had that thing with <clears throat> like where they would play and things like So they, it sounds like somebody has an idea of, of what could happen. Yeah. Um, the good thing is Indiana has a boatload of basketball arenas. Yeah. Because they could have one region. You look at where the Pacers play. You have Notre Dame. You have Indiana. You have Indiana State. You have Purdue. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Lucas Oil, which I'm assuming is where the Final Four will be, where the Colts play. Right. So that's the good thing. Indiana has a ton of, um, of, of basketball arenas. And it's not one of those states where it's like – craziness like california or new york or even illinois um it's not really one of those states at this moment so that's good i think it makes a lot of sense to have it in indiana um Mm -hmm. because if you're gonna have four different regions if you're gonna play the tournament in one state one region it makes sense to do it in a place where there's a lot of different arenas and a lot of different places they can play so i wonder if they're gonna do like since they have enough arenas do you think they'll do like one side of the bracket, you divide that in two. So you have eight teams playing in one place, eight teams playing in another, but they're like close, like Butler, where Butler plays, then the closest arena to them. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. They got a lot of figuring out. They have time to figure it out. I, let's just hope that they figure it out. And they That's a good thing. They've had like eight months already. To think about <laughs> right. And then they have another five months or four months to figure out, probably three months. They need to get it figured out a little earlier than the actual date to figure out the tournament. So mm-hmm. I just hope we can get through a season. I think we will. I think there's too much invested at this point to not get through it. Plus with all the contact tracing that the NFL does, I'm sure big colleges can do that. And they could, you know, if like it's getting to the point now where you, if you have a, especially the NFL, Every team basically is at a positive test and they still play the games. So, right. 
right. is the contact tracing. So there you go. All right. Next subject. I guess I'll just put this. There is 25 confirmed games. Um, it, it will be 26 if they get a fourth team for the multi-team event. And there's a mystery game would make it 27, but at least 25 now. And it's likely to get up to 26, maybe 27. But uh, Austin Hutcherson is still injured. The transfer, of course, where did he come from? Westland, something like Westland. that? Westland, Westland, yeah. yep. Uh, Rothstein tweeted this two days ago. Illinois Austin Hutcherson, in parentheses, back. Uh-huh. Still has no timetable for a return per Brad Underwood, which makes for an interesting rotation to start the season. Yeah, and we, I mean, we talked about this first practice, so it's been a month and a week, I guess, because they started practice October 13th or 14th. Um, and I didn't realize it was this serious, honestly. Um, we've been hearing about how Hutcherson's going to be, you know, is the best athlete on the team, how he's going to be really huge for the team and now it's kind of we don't know when we're going to see him or what's going on so uh interesting to say the least well i think if you're that good of an athlete you could be more prone to getting injured if you say some so. wild jumping over a nissan blake griffin dunk and you're hurt <laughs> it's just the way it goes so, sure Sure. All right, so here's what the rotation's probably going to look like. I'm assuming when the season starts Wednesday, fingers crossed there's no positive test because if there is, that is going to be so disappointing. Um, I'm assuming the lineup is going to be Io, Adam Miller, Trent Frazier, DeMonte, and Kofi, okay? And then your rotation off the bench becomes interesting with no Hutcherson. You're probably looking at Georgie's the number one guy. He's going to come off the bench if probably in for Kofi or in for DeMonte or someone like that. Um, I don't how much do you think Georgie and Kofi are going to be on the floor together this year? Is yeah, going to lower that? I, I think that they're going to lower it, um, but I I can't confirm that. I want um, well. You're, you're, I I have I have talked about it a lot. How I think that Georgie needs to be the replacement for Kofi when he needs a break, but as from what we saw last year, they really didn't do that. Um, they they played them a lot together, so. We're going to keep it that way. We'll see. I'd like to see Coleman Hawkins with Kofi for like a couple minutes just to see what happens. I would like, I would like to see that a lot more than I'd like to see Georgie in yes. and Kofi. Um, yeah. cause, cause it sounds like Coleman Hawkins is a better ball handler, a better all around, uh, yeah. Take care of the ball. That's not really a, a word or anything. A little but, more athletic uh, too. He yeah. can probably shoot it too. Yeah. I watched some videos on him. He looks he looks good. Yeah. Now I don't know why he was a three star or whatever he was. You get people are gonna find out, like, you know. Yeah. Just wait. Um, guard wise, you're gonna have Curbello's gonna be the number one guard off the bench, I'd assume. And mm-hmm. with Hutcherson out, you're probably gonna see Grandison step in and get some minutes. I mean, he was pretty good at Holy Cross. I don't know what that's worth because their competition probably wasn't good, but there's been a lot said about these two transfers, Grandison and Hutcherson. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, Granderson and Hutchinson or whatever you call them. <laughs> there's been a lot I get said. mixed up a lot. There's been a lot said, which is not, you know, it's easy to do that. Uh, Bosman's redonk, but didn't he have like a flare-up of his foot again? His foot, yeah. That's why he was out last year. Um, is he going to play? I mean, he had playing time at the beginning of the year last year. So I think if his foot's okay, that, that he'll play. I mean, well, let's I, say there's a scenario where you have Kofi and Georgie and Hawkins in foul trouble. 
Bosman's Verdonk is going to be your only like tall, non-Jermaine Hamlin player left. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, Hamlin got a lot more time than we wanted last year too. I think you know he's averaging yeah. what one point nine minutes. I mean, props to him for making the team. I mean, he's from Lincoln, and nobody probably thought he would actually get to see the floor. But props, I guess. Yeah. I don't really want to see him playing if there's. I don't think that there's a need for him this year. Um, yeah. With with Hawkins and isn't Coleman Hawkins like the same height as him? Aren't they both like? Six, I think six nine, six nine. Yeah. I think it's more like six ten if we're. Maybe. Well, six ten in the in the book, but six let nine me, in real life. Let me look at three man weaves uh, <laughs> Illinois chart. Okay. They'll have the heights, and I, I have it. Nine players in the roster listed above six foot five, which is significant. That is impressive. And your only players that how many aren't of those? Over how six many? Five yeah, are Frazier. Frazier. What's Williams? He's like six three, so that's another one. Curbello. Yep. One more. And how tall is Grandison? I think he's six five. How tall is Io? Definitely like six five. <laughs> so it's Miller. Miller. Oh, you know who it is. It's Tyler Underwood. Well, he's in count, obviously. <laughs> so, um, you have Coleman Hawkins is listed at six ten. Jermaine Hamlin is listed at six ten, and once again, I am right. Who's surprised? Nobody. Nailed it. They're both 6'10". You're wrong. I'm right. Thank you, Hawkins. And They're both 6'10"? are both 6'10". Okay, well, sorry, Jermaine. You're not then you have Grandison, Hutcherson are 6'6". Six, six. Georgie, 6'9". Six, Very nice. Bosman, Zerdok, 6'8". Lieb, who's not going to play a 7-foot. Kofi, 7-foot. And then Io, 6'5". So their lineup is pretty small. I mean, you got three guys who are listed – or two guys listed at 6'3", then Frazier, 6'2", which – do we really think Trent Frazier's 6'2"? Probably not. He's probably more like 6'1", six, 6'5", six right. uh, Io, 7' Bukofi. It's not a very big lineup. So I think when you're playing the teams that have your prototypical starting five, like a Wisconsin, like a Michigan State, like an Iowa, you might want to throw Georgie or Hawkins in there. I could see a scenario where Coleman Hawkins starts a Big Ten game. You'll see. I think there's a chance he could start at the four a couple times. Now, in a game that he starts, would he get that many more minutes than DeMonte if he's coming in to start for DeMonte? Probably not. So, rotation is going to be very interesting because uh, a lot of dynamic players this year. Finally, a year where they don't have a bunch of trash coming off the bench like Kipper Nichols. That was a ricochet shot and not very nice. I apologize to Kipper. He was loyal. <laughs> good for him. He wasn't good after a couple of years, but whatever. Yeah, he still stayed. I know he's your boy. I know you guys are tight. We are. Maybe we can get him on the podcast one day. Probably not after I said that. <laughs> All right. Maybe we won't go back and listen to the old ones. Io and Kofi make the preseason Naismith watch list, which don't know what that is, but good for them. The Naismith trophy. What do you mean? I know what that is. Obviously, I was joking. Don't Only, uh, I mean, there were, they, they announced 50. So, That's uh, not Io, I don't come. <laughs> 50. It's good. 50. Hey, good enough. Good enough. So. And then uh, way too early draft projection. You forgot one of the O's on two, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> Gary Parrish, who's a CBS guy, has Io at 12, which he's the only guy that has Io anywhere near lottery pick. So good for him, whatever. Um, if Io has a good year, he'll be a lottery pick. I think it's yeah. pretty simple. So – with that, we'll get to the the, uh, the big enchilada, as they say. 
season predictions. The big one. Okay. Here we go. That's what everybody's been waiting for. So we'll start non-conference, and we're assuming they're going to have five games now that Wright State's out, but it's probably going to end up being seven or six. So I put four and one for non-conference. I think they lose to Duke. I think they beat Baylor, so so okay. on that. Um, and I'm assuming it's going to be five and one if they play another multi-team event game, which they probably will. But I don't know the opponent. You think they'll win it. And then six and one if there's a mystery game on December 5th. So I'd have one non-conference loss, as do you, right? So they're going to win regardless. Six and one or five and one or four and one. Your thoughts? Uh, I have Illinois uh, five and one in non-conference play. Six and one if the mystery game happens. Uh, take a game off if they don't find another guy yeah. for the MTE, whatever. Um, I think they – I'm not going to say which one. I think that they lose one of the games between Duke and Baylor. One of them. Um, I'm saying Duke by I, default. I, I I have Baylor by default. If I have to, if you if you made me pick one that they're going to lose, I'm going to say Baylor. Um, why I don't really know. Just because Duke's actually at Duke, I know it doesn't matter because there aren't fans or whatever. But I still think traveling um, a trip to Indianapolis is a lot quicker. That's than what I. That's my trip reason. to Carolina. So but Baylor's a tough team. Baylor's the type of team where you don't really look at yeah. them as a team that has like tons of like stars like Kansas used to or or yeah. did or what Duke has been in the past. Uh Who you knows? know, Baylor Baylor has some big time players. Like they have mm-hmm. some big time guys no one ever talks about because they're the second fiddle to Kansas in the Big Twelve all the time. Now this year they're starting out number two. But the big thing you worry about with Baylor is what I mentioned earlier, which is the fact that they're playing Villanova and Seton Hall, I believe, to start their season. So that is a tough one. Let me confirm that Baylor schedule. I don't want to be wrong here because it's a pretty big deal. I don't want you to be wrong either. Make us look bad. Okay, so yeah. Okay, okay. So they don't play Villanova. I guess I was somehow wrong there. What are we, stupid? But they do play two good teams, okay? Uh, they start their season next Wednesday. This is going to be a great game to watch, by the way, a late-night game. Um, Arizona State and Baylor. Arizona State's number 18, Baylor's number two. Okay, so yeah. I, I guess I was right. What the hell is this scheduling? Okay, so <laughs> on Thanksgiving, they will play either Villanova or Boston College. So whoever wins that game, I wonder who's going to win that one. Uh, and then on the 29th, they will play Seton Hall. So there's a chance that they play two top 20 teams, one of them in the top five, and then a team in Seton Hall that is not in the top 25, but pretty close to it. So pretty opposite deal. So that's going to be tough. That's going to make the Baylor game a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And then who, who do they play after Illinois? Oh, they play Gonzaga. So Baylor is not messing around with their <laughs> That's a That's a non-conference schedule right there. Those are the, I mean, that makes for good. I mean, as someone myself who, when college basketball season starts during the week, I do nothing but watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm to watch I can't them wait. Play, scout them out a little I'm bit. I'm so excited to have college basketball back. Well, let me see who Duke plays before they play Illinois, just because I think it matters in terms of when you're playing with no fans. Are you saying that because Illinois is playing teams like Ohio and yes, North that. Carolina? So, so, but you still think Illinois is going to beat Baylor? I do. I don't know why. I just think <laughs> that they're going to show up. This team doesn't strike me as a big letdown team that they're going to lose all these big games. I think – if anything from last year or the last two years under Underwood has told you, they could surprise you. Like, did we really think they would, you know, beat Wisconsin in Wisconsin last year or that they would beat Penn State at Penn State with Io coming back earlier than we expected? No. 
so they can surprise you. I think they'll win right. with the safe bet. Right. If they lose both, I'm not going to flip out, but I'll be very mad because I have very high expectations. Yeah. And, but, I mean, the thing with those, like, games like that, like, you got to think. So, you know, two years ago, Illinois was in a lot of games, didn't have the closing. They didn't have I.O. closing games. Uh, last year, I.O. closed games. But you know what? That's a that's a rim rim out law. I mean, there there were games that Illinois could have easily lost if Iowa doesn't knock those shots down. So, I mean, hopefully Illinois isn't in that situation where they are. I don't want to say playing against them, like with their competition. Um, it's more that they're out in front. They can have a ten point lead and not blow it. Uh, where they're not relying on. I.O. save us once again. Adam Miller, Adam Miller strikes me as a closer. That's yeah. guy. And if Trent Frazier – Do you think Io's going to let Adam Miller be the closer? That, uh, I mean, that's, that's a question because, because there was so much talk about, oh, Adam Miller won't come play with Io. They're not going to play together. And so yeah. you think that Io's going to be like, all right, young buck, you go ahead and take my – Take my shine, you know. You don't think teams are going to completely key on Io at the end of a game, and Adam Miller sitting in the corner wide open. True. I think Io wants to win bad enough to where he would make that pass. Okay, it's I really, like it. You know, I think Duke's schedule is rigged. Looking at it, I really do. Okay, <laughs> it's a very similar schedule to Illinois in terms of who they play before uh, they play each other. They play Gardner Webb and Coppin State in their first two games. Okay. Then they play Michigan State. So that's like Illinois playing Baylor. They play Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they play Bellarmine and Elon. That is not Elon Musk's school, no. Then they I play, bet they'd be good. The, they play Illinois after those two. Here's the rig thing, okay? Every single one of those games is at Cameron at Indoor. Mm-hmm. Every single one. That is and the game after that is there, too. So, that's one, two. They're not going to go to five. Elon and play. What okay. do you mean? But, like, the Michigan State games at Cameron Indoor, that's seven games to start the season. They just get to stay there. That's what worries me about Duke. They're just staying there the whole time. Seven games there. And, uh, you know. If you want to play Duke, you got to come to Duke. I mean. Why can't they go to East Lansing and play Michigan State? I mean, how rigged is that? Seven straight games at home to start the I'm season. sure that was going to be like a – on the aircraft carrier game or something. And yeah, it's they called just the had to farm move. champions classic. So yes, they, and they had to move it to Cameron. So just scheduling in 2020, man. The Bellarmine and Elon games are the uh, Mako medical Duke classic honoring Dr. Anye Ekwari. So that's why those are Cameron indoor, but uh, okay. Yeah. So basically they play four bad teams, one good team, then they play Illinois. So Illinois plays, I think Illinois' competition to start the season is harder than Gardner-Webb and Coppin State, but whatever. I mean, remember Duke, with fans in the building, lost to Evansville last November at Cameron Indoor. So they could be vulnerable, especially without fans there. We'll see. And last thing before we get to the conference schedule, and I think this is, might be one of our all-time great episodes just in terms of the content being pushed here. It's Nothing but content. Pretty good. Uh, but let's look at Missouri's schedule before they play Illinois, just, just for fun. Because I said Missouri would lose to Illinois by 50. I think I said that on Twitter. That was kind of just like a talking, <laughs> talking stuff moment. But uh-huh. uh, I, uh, I'm interested to see their schedule. So they play Oral Roberts next Wednesday to start the season. And then what's weird here, unless there's something unlisted, they don't play for like 11 days after that. Then they play Wichita State, who 
is Wichita State even a team anymore after their coach was punching dudes in the face, getting kicked out? He's still going to get eight million bucks. <laughs> yeah, seven point seven five million, not bad. Uh, then they play Liberty, then Illinois, so they don't really have anybody that's worthy of note before they play the Illini. And uh, the SEC, spoiler alert, not that good at the top, other than a couple of teams who are the normals, which is Kentucky and Tennessee. But there you go. So basically, let's just sum it up like this. Baylor, hardest schedule I've ever seen before Illinois. Duke, similar schedule to Illinois. Bad team, one good team. Mm-hmm. And then but Missouri all doesn't play anybody. So there you go. Um, mm-hmm. Conference play, 20 games in the Big Ten. I went over the schedule earlier. Who are the losses in your mind? Because you have them losing five conference games. I have them losing four. Yeah, and they look pretty similar except for one. Uh, Rutgers, Michigan State. I have Indiana. You do not. Uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. And I'm not going to lie, I just I sat down on the toilet and I just started marking games. Just kind of yeah. went by my gut. You know, that's just how you got to do it sometimes. Very went well. by my gut. And uh, so I got Illinois 15-5 and five in conference play. Um, again, losses to Rutgers, Michigan State, Indiana, Michigan, and Wisconsin. So, Yeah, I have the same thing, except uh, I have Rutgers, Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and that's it. I don't have Indiana, as you mentioned. I am a little bit worried about that Indiana game now that you say it. They barely beat Indiana last year. Indiana is probably just as good or better than last year. That's interesting. They played them twice, so I can see that, I guess. Um, but I do think they'll surprise us with one of those big road games, the uh, Rutgers-Michigan State-Michigan-Wisconsin game. Because as I mentioned before we went on the air, I think they could win the Rutgers game because Rutgers is a team that plays in a small arena, as does Indiana, uh, where they rely a lot on the big crowds, big fan noise. That is, of course, in the great right. city of Piscataway, New Jersey, of course. Everybody knows that one. Um <laughs> And I know at football games, they have fans. I, and I, it might just be friends and family. So Well, the thing about that is that football games are outdoor. It's a better image look if you have fans. If, I agree. If you have fans, they have to be outdoors. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, hopefully by the time Big Ten play rolls around, Illinois will have the whole not playing with fans thing down. Yeah. And I hope that they have crowd noise. I don't think they will, though. Maybe they will. They should. Why wouldn't they? I would assume that they would have something. It's I don't know. Yeah. Like, you don't uh, want to play in a – you don't want to play it like it's a scrimmage game. I mean, it would be perfect. You just have crowd noise, someone shooting a free throw. Maybe you'd be like, oh. Do you think they're going to – do you think they'll allow families in or not? What's your thoughts? Probably not the beginning of the year, right? I mean, I don't really see I don't know. Like I was just asking because Io's family is loud. So, you know, could be <laughs> good be for Illinois. Unfair. Might be a little unfair. <laughs> they should have crowd noise. Then once the team shooting a free throw, if Illinois shooting a free throw, you have it silent. And then if the opponent, which this would never get passed because it's unfair, just have someone yell, oh, over the speakers. <laughs> right, right and what and what'd you tell me for $105, you can have your cardboard you cut have out. Your cardboard cut out on the baseline. Then it's like 50 bucks go. to have it in a different spot and then like 30 bucks to have it in a different spot. There you Sounds go. worth it to me. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I mean, you can just throw it right on the baseline. You'll probably get it on TV. That's right. I'm just saying. I mean, when it, but when is their actual. Do you think we could? Do you think we could just send like at podcast Illini? Probably not. I don't and think put that. it put it up there. 
considering the one time that I contacted We need a shirt that says at Podcast Illini to yeah. show off. We can make that happen. Uh, considering the one I'm time in. that I contacted the PR department to try to get somebody on, they shot us down and took some ricochet shots at us. I don't think they're huge fans. If they know us, which they probably don't, but he didn't seem too cool that I hit him up to try to get uh, somebody on, who I'm sure you can guess. I think I've said it before. Why? I mean, if you don't ask, how do you know? Easy, right. easy communications guy. I think uh, next off season we'll be able to have Coach <clears throat> Underwood on. I think so. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm like 0 for 7 on actual like <laughs> former players or coaches guests. I bet we could have gotten Stephen Gentry on if we wanted to. Like we probably time. could have. Yeah. yeah, that was a dumb move. We'll try to get it. Well, let's try to get every coach on next year. And a former player. I already tried one former player, and uh, I thought we were cool, but he shot me down. He didn't even yeah. answer. To be does honest. follow you on Twitter, so he does still do that. So yeah. Okay. So uh, overall record, if you add those up, what what do you got? I have it at twenty-one and five. If they have the extra team in the multi-team event, I'd say twenty-two and five. If they do have that game on December fifth, if they don't, twenty and five. I think getting to twenty wins has got to be the top priority when you're not playing as many games you usually are. Because I think yeah. if you're twenty-one and five or twenty-two and five, you That's could be a one good. seed. That's pretty good. Yeah, especially with these schedules that you know Baylor has, and I assume that more teams have tougher schedules this year because of less games. So unless there's less te- like the Ivy league's not even playing mm-hmm. and some other league, I bet some of the other smaller schools probably aren't playing either. Yeah. All these uppity up West coast schools, I think they're better than everybody. <laughs> aren't playing. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So Same I got, I got them. Elites. I got them 20 and six, 21 and six. If that mystery game happens, uh, of course we don't know who it's against. It could be against, you know, somebody awesome. And then we're, it's probably just like a typo or a glitch that they forgot to take down, and we're like buying into it like it's this big deal. I don't know what's going on with that. We're really excited. So. so now we talk about last year we picked leading scorers and rebounders and assisters. I don't think that's a word. And a breakout player. Um, I picked Alan, Alan Griffin. I like sisters. <laughs> I picked Alan Griffin to be breakout player, and you acted like that was like a sin. Yeah, big surprise there because nobody else I mean, picked it. Um, I did pick uh, Bosman Verdonk, and he hurt. Himself. Swing and a miss. He hurt. He was hurt. Would have been a swing. At least I didn't pick the guy everybody was picking. Jeez. I went with the trends. I think that's smart. This year I'm doing the opposite. Uh, <laughs> so leading scorer last year was Io at 16.6. Leading rebounder was Kofi at 8.8. Leading his sister, which is embarrassing, 3.3 is so 3. Yeah. Oh my! I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Illinois, like I'm looking up Ohio, Ohio University's stats and stuff, and all their leading assists have have eight to nine. They're yeah. playing bad teams though, and they have less I'm guys like, playing. Here's Illinois, with you. but who was who was he going to pass to? Every time he passed it to Frazier, he missed. Yeah, and they didn't do much of a pick and roll to Kofi very often to get it, it was, but but their offense ran through Io so Io should have probably had more than 3.3 well I it, think that'll go up this year so I agree leading scorer who you got uh leading scorer this year is going to be Io I got him at about 18.2 per, points per game this year yeah I think he'll average more than last year which was 16.6 but I think it'll be a little bit less than you think just because they're adding more to the offense and I'm assuming right. and Adam Miller's going to be gonna, better Adam Miller's going to average like 18, so. Okay, I think he'll average like 13 or 14. 
but we'll see. Um, I have them at 17.7. I think I was almost spot on last year with Iowa. I think I had like 16.4 or something. Mm. I'm telling you, I was close. Uh, I bet I can pull that up, and I will while you're going over the rebounders. Yeah, I I think my paperwork's somewhere, but I don't know where. Um, Rebounder. uh, Like we said, Kofi had 8.8 last year. I got Kofi leading rebounder this year. Uh, I put 10.4. I think Kofi's going to average a double-double this year. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. That's fine. You don't have to be sure about it. That's my prediction. Your prediction sucks. How about that? Wow. Um, I have Kofi leading with the rebounding action at 8.8, which is exactly what he had last year. I didn't even realize that. So there you go. He's not going to get better or worse. 8.8. Boom. I think I have my stuff from last year. Um, assists. Uh, I have Curbelo. I don't know if he's going to get enough playing time to to average in most assists, um, but I got him with 4.1, which is still really bad. So uh, maybe I'm going to change that to Io and, and put it around 5.2. I have Io at a solid five. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds more more realistic, but. I guess we didn't write down – like, I have the predictions here, but we didn't write down the numbers. Did we not? So, I had – we both had uh, Io leading in points, which we got right. We had Kofi in uh, rebounds, which we got right. We had Io in assists, which we got right. And then I had Kofi for blocks. You had Georgie. I'm assuming it was Kofi, right? So, I went four for four. We're not going to pick blocks this year because what's sure. what's the point? What's the point? We all know who that's going to be. I don't know what – these notes are about, like, all the players, and I literally have – they're handwritten. Last year I was handwritten. Uh, Kipper, LOL, this man shouldn't see the floor. Anyways, um, so <laughs> uh, in terms of record-wise, I think uh, you nailed it. Um, that sounds right. 21 and 10? Uh, they were 21 and something. I just looked it up. Okay, so let's see. I'm going to figure out how accurate we're there. So um, they went 21 and 10. You said they go 21 and 10. I said 19 and 12, so you got that. I had them at 11 and 9 in the Big Ten. They were 13 and 7. You also had 11 and 9. Non-conference, you had 10 and 1, so you were really shooting for the stars there. They didn't Uh, play anybody. can't help it that they lost to Mizzou and almost lost to Nichols State. Here's the thing. I nailed the non-conference at eight and three. Yeah. And then I had the conference. Who were there three losses to? Miami, Arizona. Should have won Miami game. Missouri. Should have won Arizona game. Missouri was ugly. Should have still won because Missouri sucks. True. So we did pretty, I mean, we did a pretty good job last year in terms of. Yeah. So we're probably going to be pretty, pretty close this year too. Because this is what we do, you know. Exactly. Not that, not that. Hey, who's coming? Who's not coming to Illinois in 2021? We don't do that stuff. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Then the breakout player. Yeah. Who you got? I got Coleman Hawkins. Um, Probably would have been Hutcherson, but I don't, honestly, I'm kind of worried about what's going on with his back um, at this point. And uh, it it probably would have been Bosman Verdonk again, but I don't know if he's going to be able to run up and down the, court with his hurt foot so uh coleman hawkins uh, a lot of talk about him this kind of feels like the griffin pick of last year um a less, though. i think uh, i i think hutcherson was more that was more that pick 
but Hutcherson is hurt at this point. So um, I think Hawkins is probably the second one on that list. Plus uh, Griffin, Griffin was a sophomore, right? Yeah. So you're picking a freshman. It's a little bit of a riskier pick. True. Um, and Verdonk was a, a freshman last year. So well, nobody knows who that is. So there you go. They're going to find out this year, fellas. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Hawkins. Like I said, there's been a lot of talk about him, a lot of good things said about him. Underwood is really high on him already, which is good to hear because, like you said, he was a three-star. Um, wasn't a lot of hype around him um, except for in Illinois' camp. I think the coaches knew what they were getting. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be my pick. Now, I have uh, Jacob Grandison, who is the other transfer that no one talks about. Everyone talks about Hutcherson. I think Grandison is a very good player. He's six foot six, nice guard. He averaged 14 points. Uh, I think it was 13.9, but round up as is like uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, I think it was five rebounds, two assists, or two rebounds, five assists. I don't even know. I just wrote down 13, <laughs> five, and two. Uh, that was at Holy Cross a couple years ago. So if he would have transferred, if he would have played there last year and transferred this year, he would have been able to play last season because everybody gets a waiver. I mean, Tevion Jones. Not if you go to Illinois. You do not get a waiver if you go to Illinois. Well, ask, anyone that, ask Luke Ford about that. Anyone that came this year would have gotten a waiver. Well, COVID waiver, I guess. Where did Tevion Jones go? Utah. Utah State or something. Wherever he went, he got a waiver. And then Alan Griffin got a waiver for doing nothing. I mean, he wow. goes to Syracuse because he was whining about uh, – Emergency time. alert. You I got it? that too. I already exited that. That's crazy. Anyways. They're trying um, to take us over. Um, what was I saying? Something cool. You were talking about Tevion Jones. Yeah, Southern Utah. Yeah, he got a waiver, which who cares? I mean, they're not going to – hopefully he plays well there. And then I, Good for him. I hope he plays well. He, he, he had a lot of troubles at Illinois. I, I still liked him as a player. Um, I feel like he – I know that he got into some trouble, but I don't feel like he got a fair shake very much towards the end of the season. Um, I also I, like uh, Griffin, but he shouldn't have gotten a waiver. What's he getting a waiver for? Because he didn't get to play enough? I don't know. Need to find I mean, somebody. I like – Need to find somebody to step on, I guess. If, oh. I, if I had to pick a team in the ACC to root for, it would probably be Syracuse. I like them. You know, I'm a big, yeah. big fan of the old New York-New Jersey deal. I don't yeah. know why, but it's a, it's a real thing. I, I've always been a Syracuse. Bayheim, I really like him. Um, Plus the whole he does have COVID, thing, you know? so hopefully he's hopefully yes. they get to play. I, I don't know what that does for their team. I mean, it, it was long enough A ago. couple weeks weeks off. Yeah. It was last week, wasn't it? This week. Yeah, but he's a coach. If he tests negative, they'll just throw him back out there. <laughs> True. I sure. mean, that's just the way it's going to work. Also, I'm wondering, do you think Underwood's going to be wearing a mask during the entire game? I don't know. He's wearing his face shield in practice. so You know that thing does nothing, right? Do you think they know that? <laughs> I don't think they know it that. It doesn't do anything. I don't think they know that. Like, I, think, I think that that N95 masks are more abundant now than they've ever been, and they should find them for for all the coaches. Like, if you have that facial on, there's, like, this much separation and your particles from your mouth are still going under the thing. How are they getting stopped? I, <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> You're not telling me anything. Makes no sense. Um, They're only good if, if you use a mask with it, from what I know. And then it's like, what's the point of wearing the shield? It just doesn't make any sense. I feel like they're doing that because they don't want to wear a mask. Yeah, I'm guessing Which, Brad Underwood is a spitter, too, because he likes to yell. 
I'm not going to be one of those people that tries to, you know, force people to do stuff and cry about that. But, you know. Yeah, you don't want to be one of those. Wearing that shield is pretty weird. Um, So, I suppose we move forward here. Really went off the off the rails there for a minute, which it usually happens at the end of every episode. It does. So we get a little goofy. You get a little usually goofy. Usually it's me doing it, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, the Naismith Ward, uh, Illinois is the only team in the Big Ten that had two guys uh, on the I guess list. Iowa doesn't so, have as much star power as uh, So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about Iowa's star power these camp. days, but um, he didn't make the list. Well, I'm trying to see if there's more than – I don't. I'm trying to see if there's any other team that had to. There's got to be. Gonzaga had to. Yeah. Duke had to. The Kentucky. Do they have two? Uh, Kentucky had two. So. I feel like Virginia might have two. I don't know. Kansas, Baylor, Villain, all those big teams. They may have two. May have had two. Yeah. Um, so I know we're an Illini podcast, but since I printed it, might as well go over it. Yeah, might as well. I picked the standings for all of the six power conferences in basketball. I keep in mind I didn't do the Mountain West and I didn't do the West Coast because nobody cares. They always have one or two good teams in that conference. There's such thing as a power six, and it's usually a power five, but you add the big east of that in basketball. So there you go. We'll start out with the ACC. Fifteen teams. There's a lot of teams in the ACC. A lot of teams. Um Virginia is going to win that pretty easily, I think. Virginia, now I'm going to go off the board here and say North Carolina finishes second in the ACC with Duke finishing third. I think North Carolina is going to have a big season. Remember last year they were terrible, so you'd assume that they're going to be better. I know Florida State lost some guys. I have them fourth, uh, Louisville fifth, Syracuse sixth. Syracuse could be good. I think Syracuse will be probably a fringe tournament team that gets in. And anybody that was watching this just for Illini basketball, they clicked off. They don't care about this. But I will get to the Big Ten soon, so keep that in mind. Uh, Clemson, seven. Miami, who beat Illinois last year, eighth. Virginia Tech, nine. NC State, 10. Georgia Tech, 11. Notre Dame was really at a fall from grace. Notre Dame is not the program they were a couple years ago. And remember, Illinois, Notre Dame, 2018. Trent Frazier for three to win it. Ball spins around and goes out. Typical Illinois back then, huh? That, hopefully that's not the case anymore. Uh, Boston College, 13. Pittsburgh, 14. And one of the worst power six teams in the country, Wake Forest, at 15. They are horrendous. All right, Big East. Big East is going to be probably one of the, the Big 12 and the Big 10, then the Big East. Those are the best conferences to watch this year. Take my word for it, okay? Those games will all be on FS1 because that's the deal they have. Uh, Villanova is the best team in the country right now, I think. I think it's them and Gonzaga, then Baylor probably is the top three. Uh, then Creighton at two. Creighton's going to be very good. Seton Hall will be good. I mean, Seton Hall lost Miles Powell, who somehow went undrafted. One of the better college players the last couple of years goes undrafted. I know he signed with the Knicks. But Seton Hall is good still. They'll be three. Uh, Providence is number four. And a team with Dan Hurley, who's coming up. They're back. UConn basketball is back. Remember they won a title like five years ago or seven years ago. They beat the Julius Randall Kentucky team. I remember that. Um, then their coach had all those violations, and then he left with no money. But then Greg Marshall sucker punches one of his players and leaves with $7 bucks. Uh, that's college basketball in a nutshell for you there, folks. Uh, Marcus Howard gone from Marquette, have them at six. Butler, seven. St. John's, St. John's is slowly creeping into being relevant again. I think they're getting close. Uh, them at eight. Xavier at nine. I wish Georgetown would be better. Patrick Ewing, I wish that he could get that program back. They aren't yet, though. I think they'll be ten. And then the – 
losers known as DePaul at 11. Bunch Ouch. of bums there. Well, didn't that kid from Georgetown leave? He got he clung? it. Yeah, he got a transfer yeah, waiver too. Check. Yeah. So he's playing this year. All right, I'm going to skip over the Big Ten, save them for last, because I want to keep people on the edge of their seat, which they are, obviously. Um, <laughs> let's go to the Big 12, which I just mentioned will be one of the better conferences to watch this year. It's going to be a bloodbath because there's a lot of good teams in the top six of that conference that are actually going to be watchable. Um, Kansas will win the Big 12. Shocker. Here's where I go off the board a little bit. I think a lot of people probably think that Baylor is going to win this conference or get second. I'm going to say West Virginia. West Virginia is very, very good. Really not high on Baylor this year, huh? They're good, but I just think West Virginia has got something there. I think they're back. I think Huggins, that team's going to be great defensively. They got a lot of players there, too. And now yeah. a lot of people have them kind of creeping into the top ten preseason. I think CBS had them in like eight overall. So, uh, Baylor three. Now, Texas and Texas Tech. I have Texas four, Texas Tech five. That's kind of interchangeable. I think both those teams are similar. Um, I think Texas Tech could finish fourth, but I think uh, talent-wise, Texas is better. I'll have them at four, even though Chris Beard coaches circles around Shaka Smart. He's way better at his job. Shaka uh, Smart Shaka, has hair now. Have you seen him? I don't <laughs> like that guy. Uh, he's going to be out of a job if they don't make the tournament this year. Yeah, um, true. Number six, and the team that people are going to watch simply because of one player, which is Cade Cunningham, the number one player in the country coming into this year in terms of freshmen, uh, Oklahoma State, seven TCU, eight Oklahoma, nine Bruce Weber's Wildcats still suck. They'll be number nine in Iowa State, 10. There you go. And then let's go to the Pac-12. A conference that's usually run by Oregon. Not this year. Mick Cronin has UCLA back. They will win the Pac-12. Uh, and then Oregon will finish second. And then Bobby effing asterisk, 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 Hurley will be number three there at Arizona State. Stanford at four. Stanford, not as good as they were last year, uh, but they'll be fine. And I think a lot of people might take my terminology with these teams a little too seriously. It's just for fun. Don't get all mad because I'm about to say something about a program that I don't oh like boy. that people aren't going to like. Oh boy. Uh, USC five, the scumbags at Arizona seven, uh, sixth. Bunch <laughs> of cheaters. Sean Miller shouldn't even have a job. Sweating through his uh, shirt all the time. He can't hey. coach. I could be a better coach. Uh, yeah. He sucks. If they got rid of him, though, they'd probably still pay him. You know, He'd get about $30 million. I mean, I think the more violations and stupid things you do, the more money. Like, we're looking at Cal Perry getting $100 million. We're looking at Penny Hardaway getting, like, a billion. I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, Colorado, seven. Washington, eight. Utah, nine. Washington State, 10. Cal, 11. And Oregon State, 12. And then the SEC. And who's going to win the SEC? Kentucky. Kentucky and Tennessee are a lot better than the other teams in this conference. I mean, Florida's pretty good. I'll have them at three, uh, Alabama four, LSU, another team that cheats. Will Wade, big-time cheater, known cheater, really. Uh, they will finish fifth because they cheat. Uh, Arkansas, six, Ole Miss, seven, Auburn, eight. The uh, losers in Missouri at number nine. Uh, Georgia with Tom Crean there, by the way. Tom Crean couldn't win with Anthony Edwards, who, by the way, was the number one pick, and I believe that's three straight number one overall picks or three or four in a row, number one overall picks that didn't play in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Ben Simmons at LSU, Markel Fultz at Washington, Anthony Edwards at uh, Georgia. So there you go. South Carolina 11, Mississippi State 12, Texas A&M 13, another terrible team, Vanderbilt at 14. So now we go to the Big Ten. 
and you're going to hear my biased views in the Big Ten and how I look at the Big Ten. But I guarantee I'm right about the Big Ten. I guarantee it. Guaranteed. Last Write year, it I down. Got a lot of them. Write it down. I think I was around like nine or ten out of put a stamp direct. on it. All right, we'll go from the bottom since this is the big conference. This is the big enchilada that everyone wants to hear. It's about. The one that matters. To nobody's surprise, Northwestern, Northwestern at 14, House. Nebraska 13, Minnesota 12. I know Richard Pitino is trying to talk his way into the tournament by saying the Big Ten's going to have 14 12 tournament to, They need 12. He's saying 12 to 13 teams. He thinks so everybody's going to get in. If he gets 12th, he's going to be happy thinking he should get in. <laughs> yeah, uh, Penn State 11. Penn State's not going to be as good. They lose Lamar Stevens. Their coach is gone. Pat Chambers resigned yeah. or whatever Whatever happened there. I, I don't completely know. Forgot that he one didn't get any money, I don't think. Did, what did he do that with? Didn't he like say something racist? I think he was racist. Yes, sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number ten, Maryland. <laughs> another team that's falling apart. Uh, Turgeon. He lost some talent there. Jalen Smith, who was drafted by my team at ten, of course, huge reach by the Suns. Disappointing, but maybe he'll be good. Uh, Anthony Cohen's gone. All those guys. Uh, didn't they have those dudes? Did those dudes? Who who transferred from there? They're like the twins or whatever. Mitchells or whatever. I think they transferred from there. I don't even remember. I don't know. Um, Purdue at nine. They're not that good. Ohio State lost the Wessons, right? So they'll be at eight. Then we get to the real teams here. Indiana, seven. Rutgers, six. Michigan's going to be a lot better than people think. I don't think Michigan – I think Michigan's better than Rutgers and Indiana. I think, I've seen a lot of people that have them worse than them. I disagree. Uh, Wisconsin at four. I feel like I'm being a little bit mean to Wisconsin. They're a very good team. <laughs> you've been, you've been hard on Wisconsin this whole time. Just because I think they're a little bit overrated. I, I agree. They're a little bit overrated. They're good, though. They're good. Michigan State, just because I think Izzo's a hell of a coach, and they still have a good enough roster there. And if if this all is hinging on – I don't even think that's a word. This all hinges on Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts taking the next step for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number two, Iowa, number one, Illinois. So unbiased, obviously – I think Illinois wins the Big Ten, and if they don't, a little bit disappointing because this is the first year. When was the last time we went into a season where we thought there was a good chance Illinois could win the Big Ten? Uh, 2005. Exactly. So maybe one of the later Bruce Weber teams a few years after. I mean, 06, weren't they good in 06? Yep. So maybe yep. that year, but whatever. I, I think that's all we have. It's been a while. That's it, man. Almost an hour 15, so I'm assuming the next time we'll do this, episode 35, will be, what, next Friday night after the third game or next Saturday to review the three games, and then we'll be preparing yeah. for Baylor. It'll probably be Saturday. I would say Saturday. Friday's my dad's birthday, so um, Friday's probably not going to work out. So let's, so we'll let's plan Saturday. on Saturday. Episode 35, we'll review the three games, hopefully three wins. If there is three games, there'll probably be two. Uh, we'll see. Um, that is that for episode 34. I would say everyone had go out there and celebrate for Thanksgiving, but I probably shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> probably I not. Say probably because not also, I mean, anyone. Hey, I, stay home, watch Illinois basketball. Stay safe. Wear a mask in your own. We house. love you. <laughs> let's, let's, yes. <laughs> easy. All right. That was a little much. Uh, all right. So next Saturday, we'll be back. Episode 35. We'll get ready for the Baylor game. And then there might be another game that we know about by then, so we'll probably talk about that. And I promise you that we will not talk about recruiting unless Mac Etienne has made a decision by then. That's so, right. episode Recruiting's 35, we'll see over. you next Saturday. Uh, hopefully, Illinois gets the season started right, and we'll see you then. Later. <laughs>